Hello, it is I, your humble narrator, Susie. This week, Alexis and I fall into the ultimate clickbait hole, the worst we've ever been clickbaited on this show, and to the point where it goes into a second episode. Both episodes are available now on patreon.com slash nermanermer, otherwise you have to wait till next week if you want to wait for it in the main feed. And it's all about John Travolta, so undoubtedly you will learn something. Even Alexis learned something, and she's a huge John Travolta fan, so... Enjoy the episode. Become a patron if you want to hear the second part now. Otherwise, you can hear it later and you can get this now. You're listening to Jawbreakers, the show hosted by the Pittsburgh area's top trend forecasters, Alexis and Susie. Grab some candy in your headphones, pull up a seat near a super loud railroad track, and get ready for pop culture news so fake you'll have to wonder if they're lying. You know that I don't understand who Timothy Chalamet is? I couldn't pick him out of a police line. I saw him fuck a peach, but I couldn't recognize his face. <laughs> to call a peanut M&M obese? <laughs> like, that's literally- it's an M&M, that's how it's shaped. Mm-hmm. It's not like a body positivity thing, it's None literally just- None of this is real. It's also- yeah, right, if you- Yeah, I think- did I tell you you, w- you wouldn't like this movie? Yeah. So then I tried really hard to like it. <laughs> Isn't it suspicious that there's a banana phone and an apple phone? What gate first? Probably the banana phone, right? Probably. What you doing over there, huh? Okay, pick a color. Green, pink, blue, or white? White. Okay. Weird choice. White's my... Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize this is what it would be. (laughs) (laughs) What were you saying about white? I was going to say it's one of my favorite flavors. Like a white cherry. Mm. I don't think this is a... Okay, so what you handed me was rock candy on a weird stick with the ball at the end. Yeah, it's like, it's old-fashioned. I don't think I put the right side of my mouth. You put the stick (laughs) in your mouth, of course it was the wrong side. (laughs) I'm gonna eat it like a corn on the cob. (laughs) Oh, I'm actually really excited about this. Are you? Yeah. I have a can of of rock candy in my room if you want some. It's so pretty. I guess I don't know how we're supposed to podcast and eat this. Because you have to like suck on it or chew it. Both of which are not conducive to podcasting. I'm going to lick it. How many licks? Uh, so the other day, uh, I didn't have my car. And I took a lift to work at four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I did it two days in a row. And the first day... I got in, and the lift had, like, party lights on. Like what kind? Rainbow? They were, like, changing colors. Mm. They were, like, coming from underneath the seats. And there was, like, (laughs) EDM playing. And this was on a Monday morning. And I tried to, like, record a video. But then I was recording it on Snapchat. And then he asked me a question, and I, like, stopped recording, and it started playing, and you <gasps> could hear him ask the question. And I felt really bad, because he was really nice. He just had a crazy car. And I, ju- I should have just said, I was just trying to record these lights. 
but instead we just had a really awkward ride. And then the next day, I took another lift to work, uh, again at four in the morning, and I got in the lift, and they had party lights on again, but this one was like on the sides and like everywhere, and it was like changing colors. But this guy was listening to like Irish music, and mm-hmm. I got in the car, in the car, and it was like, and it was just like going crazy. But then this song that I had to look up by the Poxy Bogard started playing. It's called "I Once Had a Lass." Now imagine you're in a party lift at, at four, four in the a.m. morning, five, four a.m. on a Tuesday going to work. It was so loud. It sounds like a prank. Is that person a prankster? It felt like a prank. It sounds like a prank. Mm-hmm. It was me in a disguise. <laughs> That'd be so stupid. You rented a party car. <laughs> the lyrics were, "I once had a lass with a great big ass." She left crop circles when she sat in the grass. Blaring. My rock candy tastes like cotton candy. Is it the same principle? What does that mean? Like, is it the same thing? But this is hard? Do you think it makes they make it in the same fluff machine? Right, but then they do it for, like, a really long time. <laughs> I hate this. You don't like it? You're enjoying yourself? I think it's fun. I'm gonna break a tooth. It reminds me of the gem show. Would you get these at the gem show? Yeah. I would never get these at the gem show. Or, like, Karchner Caverns. Or what? Isn't that what it's called? I don't know what she said. Kirchner Caverns? Kirchner Caverns? I don't know what that is. Caverns. <laughs> they had a gift shop. I bought these rocks in New Jersey, and I have a jar of them in my room that I was saving for us to eat on the podcast. Just They're just loose, though? Yeah. But you might like that, because you, just, you just pop them in. Right. This is um pretty involved. Can you? Are you supposed to commit to eating this in one sitting? Yeah, because I think you're supposed to be a child, too. Do children like this? Can't you choke on this? I'm going to choke on this. Well, it's because you're an adult. It's child safe. Children physically can't choke on it because they have the power of imagination. I choked on a solidito once. Were you a child? twice or thrice. It's happened a lot throughout my life. One time I tried to swallow a gobstopper like a pill. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? Stopped my gob. <laughs> did, did you have to? It was kind of stuck for a second. Did did it melt layer by layer? <laughs> <laughs> Vienna, come here. You're a little explorer today. Dora, 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 the explorer. Oh, she can be Dora. And Ryu can be boots. I was going to say boots. But then would she be puss in boots? No, she'd get pissed when people call her puss in boots. She's like, no, I'm boots. I'm boots. Look at Vienna. Vienna has the haircut. <laughs> Why hasn't Vienna been Dora yet? She would be a good Dora. Mm-hmm. Here's a little shirt. She could wear a backpack. She could totally wear a backpack. Yeah. What does Boots wear? Just Boots? I don't know if Ryuk's gonna wear Boots. I don't boots. think Ryuk likes Maybe boots. just put a little monkey hat on her. Why isn't Boots' name in Spanish? Because he's white. <laughs> boots is white? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boots doesn't even speak Spanish. <laughs> I think he's learning. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Does the map speak Spanish? Well, the map totally speaks Spanish. Yeah, and the map definitely speaks Spanish. How long have these been down here? Is this why they're so hard? No, they're always this hard. They're rocks. I guess I don't get it. <laughs> it's fun. How have you eaten so much of it? It's delicious. I'm pretty. I'm biting it like one rock at a time. No one told you to do that. How do you get more? 
<laughs> wow, you went in. I guess that's how. Yeah. The groundhog saw his shadow. What? Six more weeks of winter. Punk Shatani fell. When? Last week. So we're going to go next year. We got it. It would be such a missed opportunity. It's like an hour and a half away. Yeah, it's so close. I have a coworker at the pizza place who's from Punk Satani. Oh, that's one. Punk Satani, Phil. Yeah. He's been alive 135 years. It's really They've old. They've never gotten a new Phil. I feel like if you we feel try... Like- <laughs> I feel like if we um, maybe try and... Totally unrelated. Say that some legend is a legend and not real factual statements. And like something in Pennsylvania might be a myth. Mm-hmm. They would shadow ban our podcast. Mm. Right. Do you pick up what I'm putting down? I do. Yeah, I think, yeah. Like if we, we said Dr. Phil. Oh, he retired. Dr. Phil was maybe not the same Dr. Phil throughout his entire series. Mm-hmm. I think we would get shadow banned. Because I can't find anything on the internet saying otherwise. Or Me saying either. that. Anyhow, back to Punk Shatani Phil. He's cute. He's cute. He's got a little door. I know multiple people who have seen him IRL. Really? I know someone who's pet him. <gasps> what? Uh-huh. She did a meet and greet? Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's like this cult, like the inner circle. It's kind of scary. Do you think they're like Freemasons or something? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, we went to a Harry Potter trivia. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was about to say, I ought to give props to you for bringing me along, knowing I would be literally zero help. Well, who, no one else was coming with me. <laughs> I did look for other people. <laughs> <laughs> you really just... <laughs> I did also know that I we was were gonna... not going to win. It was hard. That's the thing about Harry Potter trivia. I feel like office trivia would be like this too, but we have you. Right. Where so many people are it's so, so common into knowledge. it. Yeah. yeah, that you have to like ask really hard questions. Yeah. I went to a office trivia. It was a few years ago though. Like it was like right when it was getting super big on like Netflix and like the research or like streaming mm-hmm. of it. And so like half of the questions were really easy, but half of them were like really weird questions like there was like one question that i knew from a deleted scene but i think now they have to have like really hard ones because everybody knows it all yeah but the harry potter one the first question she was like this will be really easy what are the first and last names of the four founding people of hogwarts first and last and then she like made a joke about like that was an easy question yeah i think she was dead serious too yeah Oh, I broke my stick. You would eat the stick instead. My favorite part of a popsicle is the stick. I was going to say, you're a big stick eater. Yeah, I love getting... Except not, I wouldn't eat a corn dog stick. Oh my god. I almost ate a corn dog stick. <laughs> I forgot about that. So I was eating corn dogs every day for breakfast. Because uh-huh. I got breakfast corn dogs. And it was a box of like 20. A breakfast corn dog has the sausage and the pancake. So I was making them every day for breakfast. I sustained multiple injuries. I really kept burning my hand and stuff because I was always half, <laughs> half awake. On the very last corn dog of the box, on the very last bite of the corn dog, <laughs> I was chewing and there was something really tough in there. And I was like, ew, is this like a processed meat thing? Uh-huh. And then I managed to spit it out and it was a piece of stick. 
<laughs> but my stick was whole. So this is a tip of a random stick that was all the way in my corn dog. So then I set it aside because I was thinking about Keenan and Kel and how I could take it to court. And then I thought, okay, I gotta save the box because I need to contact them to let them know I almost ate a stick and died. And then I accidentally threw away the box. So I threw away the stick too because I was saving the stick. Uh-huh. Just in case they wanted evidence in court. Right, which they would. Well, also, I decided they were probably going to just send me a corn dog gift or coupon. Which is also. Which I really didn't want. You're a big corn dog head. Yeah, I love corn dogs. Are you kind of over them right now? I am, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a candy corn dog. Wow, I can't believe you ate that whole thing. Do you I remember? am hyped up right now. Do you remember when that guy, he's like a writer or something? Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> And he posted on Twitter, like, there was this shrimp in my cornflakes or something like that. Oh, I do remember that. And he was Danielle Fisher, which is Topanga from Boy Meets World's husband. And he, like, was just trying to get famous. Like, he got the attention of, like, Kellogg's or whoever. And, like, everybody started following him, trying to figure out what happened with the shrimp. Like, are you going to eat the shrimp? And he, like, got the attention he wanted. But then all of his ex-girlfriends started coming out saying how abusive he was. And then he had to, like, go private. Because of his shrimp? Yeah. I hope it was worth it. Yeah. This is 100% sugar. Yeah. It's just sugar. I need some salt. I know. I'm, like, thirsty now. You want some starry? No. I want my teeth. <laughs> Would you be upset if I brought mist this week? No. Well, I can't find any, so... <laughs> They're really getting sparse. <laughs> okay, let's talk about John Travolta. Let's. I just clicked a random tweet and it had this John Travolta thing. It's clickbait, but it also is something, I don't know. Note from post-production, it actually was not a tweet. It was one of those links at the bottom of a Yahoo News story about Netflix not sharing passwords anymore. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Did you grow up with a John Travolta Hollywood star in your bedroom? This is a very pointed question, I noticed. (laughs) Um, No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Anyways, (laughs) Herald Weekly. Okay, the headline is, John Travolta finally breaks his silence. Was it published recently? It was published in December. Okay. John Travolta is one of the best known... So I'm just going to read this so you just chime in when you have a thought. John Travolta is one of the best known names in Hollywood and one of the most gifted actors in the business. Agreed. However, that does not mean he is without secrets and mystery. From his involvement with the Scientology movement to his colorful love life, we'll take you through some of the twists and turns along Travolta's life so far. We have a picture of John Travolta dancing with Princess Diana. John Travolta's private life has been at the center of many a media storm, but with so many romantic connections, it's hard to keep track of his latest love interest. Recently, John Travolta decided to come out and set the record straight, putting an end to rumors and speculation. What he had to say was fascinating. What is, is are they trying to was say? Was there news about him recently? They're trying to clickbait you to say to him saying he's gay. That's kind of what I'm getting. But they always clickbait like this for the gay yeah. thing. And then it's never that. I don't think he's gay. I don't think he is either. There's always been rumors, though. Why? Because he dances? Mm -hmm. Straight people dance? Let's read on. A love for a lifetime. John Travolta met Kelly Preston on the set of The Experts back in 1987. R.I.P. 
Did she die? Oh. Love looked as though it would blossom, but there was already a small issue that Kelly was already married. It wasn't until they re-met in Vancouver in 1990 when both were on separate film projects that their love affair really took flight, and they decided to give things a proper shot. Kelly sought a divorce from her husband, and once things were finalized, the two were engaged. They planned to get married in New York, but when plans started to get out of control, they decided to elope in the most romantic city in the world, Paris. And so in 1991, the two of them hopped on a plane and got hitched. Aww. Did you know this? Who's Kelly Preston? She's like a model. Boy in the Plastic Bubble. This was John Travolta's breakout role in the TV film in 1976 entitled The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. I feel like I've seen that movie. I saw it when I was like... Like a child. Yeah. Yeah. It was always like at the Walmart, like $5 DVDs. Yeah, but then I haven't heard of it since it was at Walmart for $5. We owned it. Oh. My family often makes references to a boy in a plastic bubble. Like, I'm pretty sure it came up a lot like during COVID. Travolta played the leading role, a character called Tom, who is born with an underdeveloped immune system. His life has to be therefore restricted so that he does not catch any infections as his body would not be able to fight them off. I feel like I didn't even talk about the boy in the bubble during COVID. We were in a bubble. Desperate to experience new things, Todd must move around protected by a giant bubble made of plastic. As he starts to explore his surroundings, he falls in love with the girl next door. Her name's Gina. When Todd learns he has built up enough immunity to step out of his bubble, he goes for it with Gina. Sparks were flying on set, but it wasn't between Travolta and the actress who played Gina. No, Travolta was linked to Diana Highland, who played Todd's mother in the film. This was to be the first of many love scandals for Travolta. (gasps) Would you date your onstage mother? Oh my god, wait, can we say one second? Yeah. Young Gravy's getting sued by... Oh, Rick Astley? Yeah, which I think Rick Astley has just had it up to here because he never got any money when he was a troll. That's a really good point. So I think he's finally like, I'm sick of people using my song. I need to make something out of it. That's a really good point. I think Young Gravy should just give him some money and just let him like... I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it was a troll, but it wasn't... He didn't get anything out of it. He probably didn't even sell anything. Nobody also didn't make people want to go listen to the song. (laughs) Made them want to never hear it again. (laughs) He might get like a touch tunes check. That's true. (laughs) That's the only thing I could think of. Young Gravy's song has like a... I thought it was a sample of Rick Astley. But apparently it's a vocal impersonation. Yeah. And Rick (laughs) Rick Astley's like, yo, that is my song. You may... Yeah, you... It's literally my song. Yeah. Okay, Love Before Kelly. They may have seemed an unlikely pairing, but Diana Highland and John Travolta were a pairing of true love. They were 18 years apart, but as they say, love can conquer all. They met on the set of the film The Boy in the Plastic Bubble and played mother and son, which made this an unlikely pairing. Oh my god, he looks so young in this photo. He's a baby. Aww, he's so cute. He is young. Their love was not to last as Highland became sick with breast cancer and sadly died at the age of 41 in Travolta's arms. Mm-hmm. The boy in the plastic bubble was critically acclaimed and as a result, Highland was awarded an Emmy Award, which Travolta accepted in her honor. Whoa. Keep reading. Kelly and Clooney. Kelly Preston also had a colorful romantic history before meeting Travolta. When they met once again in Vancouver, Kelly was at the time married to Kevin Gage. The couple had enjoyed a huge and lavish wedding in Hawaii, but their marriage only lasted two years when things started to fall apart. Kelly Preston 
had also been linked to hunky actor George Clooney between the years 1987 and 1989. Look at this pic. George. Whoa. I didn't realize he didn't have white hair. I I think this is the first time I've ever seen him with color in his hair. That's crazy. Can't believe he dyed it for that photo shoot. (laughs) He dyed his naturally salt and pepper hair. (laughs) Reports of a serious relationship were confirmed when Clooney gave Kelly a pet pig as a gift, which they named Max. Preston was able to keep up the pet. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Preston was able to keep the pet after George and Kelly split up. When Travolta and Preston decided to get married, things weren't plain sailing from the start. They decided the wedding preparations were getting out of hand, so they hopped on a plane and had a small ceremony in Paris. Paris in 1991. I just chewed off such a big chunk of this, and it's literally just sugar in my mouth. It's just sugar on a stick. I can't wait to, to get to the stick. We could split it. <laughs> I eat all the sugar and, and then give you the, the, stick. Shit, the stick. Okay, the service was officiated by a Scientology minister, but when the happy couple returned home, their celebrations were halted when they found out the marriage was not legally binding. <laughs> they decided to quickly arrange another ceremony, which would be a legal ceremony and took place on Daytona Beach in Florida. Ah, uh, the 80s. John Travolta was busy in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Yeah. Did anyone else have a good time in the 80s or just John Travolta? It looks like George Clooney did. Oh, that's a good point. Family tragedy. The Travolta <sighs> was struck by tragedy in 2009 when Kelly and John's oh. son, Jet, sadly passed away. I remember that. That was a sad day in my home. I feel like I remember this when it happened. Mm-hmm. The Travoltas have been enjoying a so family vacation. <laughs> At their home away from home in the old Bahama Bay Hotel in the Bahamas. The shocking death occurred after their 16-year-old son, Jet, hit his head on a bathtub and suffered a seizure. Damn. He died shortly after leaving the family, including Jet's sister, Ella, devastated and grief-stricken. Speaking on behalf of Travolta's, their family attorney released a statement to People Magazine to which, which said, To bury your son is the worst thing you can ever do. Then there's an advertisement. A family affair. Acting was something of a family business for the Travoltas. John's mother, Hel- Helen, also made her career in acting, so he's a Nepo baby. Maybe she's a Nepo mom. <laughs> no one's talking about the Nepo moms. Yeah, let's talk about Nepo moms. <laughs> we just like don't understand nepotism at all. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Nepo grandparents? <laughs> I see you, Billie Eilish's mom. Wait, I was watching... I watched a new Jackass movie okay. that they started filming in March of 2020. Nice. Like, March 3rd. Is the Jackass of 2020 just, like, they go lick the subway or something? <laughs> I wish, man. They're still doing all the gnarly shit. <laughs> that I had to mute it so I wouldn't throw up. Yeah. Anyways, what I mean to say is... Jasper, that guy from Loiter Squad who's in Tyler the Creator's videos, he's in that like breakfast thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he brings his dad along to all the jackass stuff. <laughs> and it was so cute. To I bet his like, dad was stoked. Oh, he was so stoked. But his dad had like never been on a plane before because he's scared of planes. He had been on a plane once and uh-huh. he freaked out the whole time. So then they decided to go skydiving. So that his dad could, like, have a fun, crazy experience. But they set up a bunch of extra pranks to make it look like the plane was crashing. 
Uh-huh. They, like, put smoke on the plane, and, like, the pilot jumped out first. <laughs> <laughs> like, all this. But, anyways, I thought that was fun that he just brought his dad along. No one else brought a, a family member. Okay, anyways, Helen made her career in acting, which heavily influenced John in his career path. As a child, he had watched his mother performing in roles for film and on stage, taking acting and dancing. Wow, he was... I just can't believe that he was young once. It's so crazy. You should watch Boy in the Plastic Bubble. I think you'd like it. I think I should. It was John who could triple threat as he could act, dance, and sing, a talent he discovered when he attended drama school in New York. The mother and son pair starred together in both Grease and Saturday Night Fever, showing their multifaceted talents to the audience. Helen's in Greece? Who is she? Here, I'll look that up. Thank you. Is it Helen Travolta? I think so. <laughs> Mother and son, Helen and John had a special bond through their shared love of the performing arts. The patriarch of the family, Salvatore Travolta, was an Italian-American whose grandparents had immigrated to the United States. As a second-generation Im- immigrant, Salvatore felt the promise of the American dream and pursued his love of football. He had a semi-pro career as a football player, but decided to take on something with more stability. Salvatore retired from his sports career and opened a tire shop to be run by the family in New Jersey. Sadly, in 1995, Salvatore died, leaving a gaping hole in the Travolta family. Oh, she was one of the waitresses. Oh, she has like a little... Yeah, a little cameo. Cute. Oh, I know exactly who she is. I would hope so. You've seen that movie like 500 times. I have. When you moved in with me, did you think I actually would just be watching it? I did, yeah. One time my neighbor, like, got locked out or something and, like, came up here. <laughs> just watching Grease by myself in a dark room. And she was like, alright, sweet. Guess we're watching Grease. How many minutes in are we? <laughs> <laughs> He's a pilot. I know. Aside from acting, Travolta has a passion for flying. And lying. It doesn't say that. Oh. <laughs> I was like, finally! I, I just feel like we're taking a long time to get to him breaking his silence. He's a skilled pilot and received his official flying license, allowing him to fly private planes. This passion led him to buy his own fleet of five planes. Included in the fleet is a Boeing 707, which Travolta uses to fly his family and friends around the country and to exotic, far-off locations. He looks like a pilot. Mm-hmm. That's so annoying. Well, he looks like a pilot now. Maybe not like in his younger days. Yeah, he definitely looks like a pilot. Well, are all pilots old white men? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess. I think they are. Travolta loves planes so much, he built a home for his family in a residential air park. (laughs) The house was built with a (laughs) runway that goes straight to Travolta's front door. (laughs) That's so stupid. (laughs) Net worth. Travolta's had a long and successful career, which has allowed him to build up his net worth and his reputation. His net worth is estimated at $170 million. The Grease and Hairspray star is one of the highest... (laughs) Come on, man. He does not need that on his... That is not fair. That's that's a low blow. That is not cool. (laughs) Hairspray? They brought... In playing Tracy Turnblad's mom into this? (laughs) I feel like if they're like Robin Williams, known for Flubber and Mrs. Doubtfire. (laughs) (laughs) Not cool. They haven't even mentioned Pulp Fiction. Not once. (laughs) 
The Grease and Hairspray star is one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. And with such... <laughs> this part is so weird. And with such hits as Saturday Night Fever, the royalties just keep on coming. <laughs> it's worded like that's incidental. <laughs> like, oh, and I guess there's Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> It's not surprising with this level of income, he's able to spend his money on expensive homes and airplanes. Yeah, thanks to, thanks to Hairspray. <laughs> he was able to build a runway to his front door. That movie also didn't do well. <laughs> That's like the, Amanda Bynes is in that movie. <laughs> it's like her last movie. It's the last thing she ever did. <laughs> oh, I am crying. <laughs> Dancing Confession. Travolta stunned audiences in 1977 with his acting and dancing abilities in the hit movie Saturday Night Fever. Although Travolta clearly had a natural talent, he had to work hard and fine-tune it so he could become a killer dancer. For this, Travolta undertook intense training for nine months at a dance school. He'd been inspired by the film Soul Train and wanted to bring influences from that into his dancing. Speaking about it at the time, Travolta told Vanity Fair that he preferred black dancing than white dancing, and that he had tried to bring elements of Soul Train atmosphere into Saturday Night Fever. I was literally about to say, he sounds like Elvis. Like, before you said that, like, with the whole Soul Train thing, I was going to say, I he was, sounds like Elvis. That's, that was what was, that, that was is like, what is implied by him right. referencing Soul Train. Happy Black History Month, everyone. Oprah's best friend. Over the years, John Travolta and Oprah Winfrey have developed a special bond. She what? said, "Who wrote this?" I don't know. I also didn't read it all, and I have no idea how much more there is. I don't know how. There's long a part, the really important part of his life that still hasn't come up. Over the years, John Travolta and Oprah Winfrey have developed a special bond. She has said he is her favorite movie star, and Travolta often favors Oprah over other TV show appearances. In 2010, Oprah famously announced in the first episode of her last season of her talk show that the whole audience was invited on an eight-day, all-expenses-paid trip to Australia. As if this wasn't enough, John Travolta had offered to fly the plane to take the audience to their destination. <laughs> The pair needed to work on this concept for over a year to make this a reality. So he flew an Oprah audience to Australia. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. I need... Okay, if anybody out here listening knows anyone who went on that trip, we need them on the podcast yesterday. That's... Yeah, that's the perfect... I, I have so many questions. Name the perfect podcast guest. <laughs> Someone I could have anyone on, on this plane. podcast. <laughs> I could just picture him like just being so cute, John Travolta. Like, all right, you guys, y'all ready to go down to Australia? You know, Oprah's a great friend. Of Let me tell you a few stories about Oprah. Do you think Oprah was on the plane too? I don't know. It's funny if she's not. It's funny if John Travolta, because that's like. Almost babysitting. <laughs> John gets personal. Does he have a book yet? I don't think he does. Both Kelly and John are used to media. T we're just we're just bringing up Kelly again, first name only, as if I could possibly remember that from 
however long this is. Both Kelly and John are used to media attention, and there were some things they felt it was important for them to have their voices heard. In 1996, they decided to speak out about their special weekend they spent at the home of Demi Moore and Bruce Willis, where they believe they conceived their beloved son, Jet. Why did they need to... <laughs> they had no idea... Okay, this is getting insensitive. They had no idea that in a few short years, Jet would no longer be with them. Jesus. It has not always been plain sailing for the triple... This is the second time they've used the, the phrase plain sailing, and I don't think that's a real turn of phrase. <laughs> <laughs> like smooth sailing? Is this Canadian is or something? spelled? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so fun. P L A I N. Okay. It has not always been plain sailing for the Travoltas, and they have openly spoken about needing to Scientology marriage counselor to help them through some more difficult times. At age 47, Kelly was surprised to find out she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. This happy news came just 16 months after the devastation of Jet's death. This news came as a huge shock and a great surprise as they were not expecting it. Still, the Travoltas were delighted and couldn't wait to share the happy news of their family. In their official announcement, they said, It's impossible to keep us secret, especially one as wonderful as this. We want to be the first to share this great news with everyone that we are expecting a new addition to our family. Kelly and John welcomed their third child, a baby boy, who they named Benjamin, into the world in 2011. The family were so happy to have the new child after the tragic loss of their son, Jet, just two years previous. In an interview with Hello Magazine, the Travoltas told a reporter that having a new baby had given the whole family a renewed sense of spirit and purpose. They said about Benjamin, he's brought us a new beginning. Maybe the most special part of this for John was how he felt when he held Benjamin. He said, for us, it's been uplifting, especially when he smiles at me and seems contented in my arms. Whoa, I just saw the next subtitle. Let's just keep on moving. Kelly and Charlie Sheen. Do you, what, does I, where you see that coming? I didn't see it coming. It sounds familiar. Like, I feel like you just unlocked the memory. Kelly Preston wasn't just married previously. She was also engaged to Charlie Sheen for a short time. Oh, we're just all over the place in the timeline. (laughs) In 1990. really important event. Sheen proposed with a 2.5 carat diamond engagement ring. Why are these details here? (laughs) The relationship ended after an accident with a handgun, which Kelly wrote about in her autobiography. Charlie had a gun, which he kept in the pocket of his pair of jeans. Kelly was trying to tidy up and move the jeans when the gun went off and shot Kelly in the (gasps) arm. Jesus. The split was amicable? That doesn't really... It doesn't sound amicable. They decided to sell their engagement ring and share the profits. High school wasn't the easiest for Travolta. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not skipping anything. This is literally what this website says. I'm really nervous about where the the scroll bar is. It's like up top. Do you want to guess? Where it is. You can't see it, but I'm I know I'm going to guess it it's uh, right underneath the, your button. It's in the middle of the button. Okay. In the middle of the button? <laughs> <laughs> it's like here. Oh, no! But I'm hoping there's just a bunch of garbage at the end. Right, I'm like some more ads and stuff. Yeah. High school wasn't the easiest for Travolta, as he often found himself alone. 
he did not enjoy the same popularity as he does now and wasn't successful with girls either. Travolta was mostly interested in perfecting his acting craft, so he would spend most of his spare time in acting classes. In an interview with the Phoenix, Travolta said, Not too many of my friends identified with what I was doing. I participated in football and basketball and did what they were doing, but not many kids understood my going to acting studios at night. So he's like a real Troy Bolton. Yeah. Wow. So high school I was low-key against... I was like, pretended like I hated High School Musical because I thought it was a knockoff of Grease. I pretended to hate High School Musical for a while. It's really good. It's a really good movie. The second one's extra good. If there was a salt version of a rock candy stick, would you eat it? Oh, hell yeah. I love salt. Like, I'm a real big fan of Lucas. The lemon lime one. Uh, I used to have a teacher who if you went in during recess to clean her classroom, she would give you Lucas packs. Mm-hmm. But then she would just leave us in there by Like, me and my friend would do it every recess, and she would leave us in there by herself, so we would pocket a shit ton of them. And then class would start, and she'd be like, here's your Lucas, and she would give us, like, two packets each, but we were, like... Loaded. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't like pretzel salt. I don't want salt on my bread. Unless it- Oh, you know what I love? I like a sea salt focaccia. A sea salt focaccia? Isn't that just salted bread? Let me finish. Okay. I like the taste of pretzel. I don't think it needs to be salty. Okay. The taste of focaccia- Kinda nasty. It's a little sweet. A little on the dry side. Yeah. So having the little saltiness on it- ties them all together but like a pretzel is good i disagree it's not good enough without the salt for me but but i also prefer if i'm eating like a soft pretzel i'm gonna dip it in cheese i don't want salty cheese okay let's get back to mr travolta shall we so he's in high school (laughs) (laughs) i guess he's in high school it was this love for acting that most likely separated travolta from his peers and as a result he spent much of his teen years alone Behind the scenes, they say there's no rest for the wicked, and this was the case for Travolta. Just four short days after filming on Saturday Night Fever wrapped, Travolta starting work on his next hit movie, Grease. Woo! This was the biggest box office hit of 1978, so it's no surprise he wanted to get stuck in straight away. This was an especially difficult time for Travolta because Diana Highland had recently passed away in his arms. I'm glad we're phrasing it like that again. According to the Grease director, Randall Kleiser, Travolta was having trouble lip-syncing the words heat lap trials and kept saying heap instead. As a professional, Travolta eventually got there and was able to lip-sync correctly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that he was able to overcome that. (laughs) Welcome back, Cotter. When Travolta finished work... Oh, that's that puzzle I have. You Never do have a it. Welcome Back Cotter puzzle. Never seen it. When Travolta finished work touring with the cast of Grease, Travolta was well and truly at the top of his game and very much living the high life. He wanted to continue riding the crest of this wave and was happy when he was cast by ABC in their popular sitcom Welcome Back Cotter in the role of Vinnie Barbarino. Travolta portrayed this bad boy role successfully for four exceptional years. (laughs) Do you think this person likes John Travolta? (laughs) 
Along the way, he won the hearts of women of all ages across the United States and further afield. Reflecting on the show in the years since, Travolta has noticed similarities with his character, Vinny. That's all it says about that. <laughs> Rejected role of a lifetime, Travolta was now in a position where he could pick the roles he wanted. In 1984, he was offered the lead role in a movie called Splash with Daryl Hannah playing a mermaid who finds herself in New York City. Other popular actors of the time also turned down for the role, including Michael Keaton, Bill Murray, Dudley Moore, Alan Bauer, and Chevy Chase, with Tom Hanks eventually accepting the opportunity. <laughs> Tom Hanks! <laughs> Is that a, did that movie get made? I've never heard of that. It <laughs> sounds so bad. Wait, let me look at I gotta know. Splash. You are joking me. <laughs> it's a real movie. It looks really bad. It's available now on Disney Plus. Ninety-one <laughs> percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy shit! That's. <laughs> oh well, it's made by Ron Howard and Brian Grazer, who are notorious Tom Hanks dick writers. So. Uh, Tom Hanks. Travolta was discouraged by his agent who thought it wasn't the right role for him at the time. This turned out to be a huge mistake as it was one of the huge box office hits of the year. Who knows how popular it could have been with Travolta in the starring role. I have a question. How do you pronounce the word Q-A-N-T-A-S? Quantas? Yeah. What's the context? (laughs) Quantas Ambassador. Okay. Travolta had always taken a keen interest in aviation and flying from a young age, and this had manifested him taking private pilot license as well as owning a fleet of five aircraft. In 2001, shortly after the terrorist attacks of 9-11, Travolta became the ambassador at large for Qantas Airways in an attempt to encourage people to continue using airplanes in the wake of that fateful day. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. It may seem strange that Travolta would link up with Qantas, who are in fact the Australian National Airline, but Travolta was always impressed with their safety record and is known for flying the, large, the longest routes around the world. It was through Qantas that Travolta purchased his Boeing 707 aircraft, the most this impressive in his fleet. Have we still not talked about whatever the thing is? <laughs> no. Travolta's mansions, as with many stars, <laughs> they, can have, <laughs> they have huge income so they can afford extravagant. How many people get through this page? There can't be that many. That Is this like when you. Do you win something? <laughs> Wait, also, like, do you have to be born yesterday to, like, need this? who doesn't have this information about john travolta but is also interested enough to learn it all at one time (laughs) that's my question if i were reading this on my own a fan of john travolta and his life and like i know a good amount of this but not obviously to this detail i wouldn't have gotten this far right i would i would keep the tab open Right, and me as a neutral person, I'm like, I don't need to know. Like, the stuff I do know about him. You're good. Right, but if I didn't know any of this, why am I even even reading it to begin with? (laughs) 
As with many stars, they have huge incomes and so can afford extravagant homes. The Travoltas own four such homes in Maine, California, Hawaii, and Ocala, Florida, which is their main residence and also their largest. Maybe the most extravagant thing about it is that it also functions as an airport and two runways which lead straight to their front door. The home is actually situated in a residential air park. The Travoltas chose this location on purpose as they wanted to be able to access their airplanes at any time. In an interview with Australia's Today program, Travolta was quoted in saying, We designed the house for the jets and to have our access to the world at a moment's notice. Being passionate about something is a wonderful thing. And <laughs> we all know Travolta is passionate about planes and flying. Wait, wait, wait. he's been lucky enough to be able to share this passion with a good friend. Oprah. Marlon Brando. Okay. <laughs> with whom he has co-piloted and I wish I wish he was co-piloting with Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> he has co-piloted a number of flights before. Travolta had dreams to co-pilot with some of the legends of flying, which included Howard Hughes, a genius of his time. Who was plagued with mental health issues and OCD. Hughes Hughes was brought back to life in the film The Aviator when Leonardo DiCaprio took on the role. His other dream co-pilot would have been Charles Lindbergh, who was the first person to fly solo nonstop all the way over the Atlantic Ocean. Unfortunately, both of these ambitions will remain dreams for John as both Lindbergh and Hughes sadly passed away many, many years ago. Is it pronounced Kirsty? Kirsty. 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 I have a hard time. The Kirstie late. Alley. Oh, God, I forgot it was late. Yeah. So, when did they write this? They wrote this in December. She, right. I think she died like Thanksgiving. The late Kirsty Alley and John Travolta were great friends. They first met when they starred opposite each other in the hit movie Look Who's Talking. Love that series. And again in the sequel Look Who's Talking Now. Wait, isn't there? There's three. Look who's Are talking. They both in- look who's talking to. Look who's talking now. The third one. Look who's talking now is my favorite one. That's the one with the dogs in it. It's the dogs are talking. Oh. They discovered their many shared interests included not Scientology. It took years for Allie to move past her romantic feelings for Travolta. It's interesting she felt that way because at the time they met, she was married to Parker Stevenson despite declaring to Barbara Walters that he was the love of my life. John Travolta was? Yeah. Kirsty remained faithful to Stevenson and she and Travolta remained the best of friends. Cruz versus Travolta. You would be forgiven for assuming that Tom Cruise and John Travolta are good friends. In fact, this is not true at all. Oh, I like this. Despite having mutual friends, being part of Hollywood scene, and being devoted believers in Scientology, the two are not at all close. <gasps> in Leo Remini's book entitled Troublemaker, Surviving Hollywood and Scientology, she reveals that Tom Cruise doesn't like John Travolta or Kirstie Alley for that matter. This rumor was confirmed when neither Travolta or Alley was invited to Tom Cruise's wedding to Katie Holmes in 2006. That just made my stomach turn. How on earth have we talked about that wedding on eight different episodes? (laughs) Is it that important? Or do do we just keep following the path back to it? 
Because we have, it has come up so many times that if an alien listened to this show, they would think it was like a really big part of our lives. A really important thing that happened to the world. Well, I mean, it is. That's where Leah Remini realized that Mishkovej was missing. Right. (laughs) But. (laughs) It was a big deal. 2006, we were all there. We were all there. We watched it happen. Where's that? I guess it's too soon. Can Ryan Murphy make that? That's good. The wedding. I like that. You, yeah, I did. I thought that I accidentally scrolled up because the next line is, life in the Travolta home was relatively plain sailing. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? And relatively normal, as normal as life can be when your dad is one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. Wait, did they explain why he didn't invite them to the wedding or why they're not friends? Nope. Just right into... (laughs) I'd like to know. Right into plain sailing. That's more important to me than how he couldn't get that line right. (laughs) But then he did? (laughs) Yeah, a lip sync line. That was the worst (laughs) ending that could have possibly been to that story. I thought he was going to at least say, like, they they changed the line. That's what I thought it was going to... They had... They uniquely had to change the lyrics. (laughs) No, and then he just got it. And it was exactly as it was planned. Great. Took five takes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was until their lives were wrecked by the tragic death of Jet Travolta, who died at 16 years old after suffering a seizure. Jet had a younger sister who was only eight at the time. Her big brother died in such tragic circumstances. A few days after the accident, the Travoltas released a statement. I'm not reading the statement again. <laughs> Moving on, at times of tragedy, some people prefer... Is this written by a robot? <laughs> it kind of sounds like... What do you call it? When you, like, say, like, okay, write an episode of... Like the chat CBT or whatever? Yeah. It does. Also, the way that it circles back. Yeah. At times of tragedy, some people prefer to grieve alone. Others rely on the love and support of their closest friends and family. This is exactly what the Travoltas decided to do, and they sought strength from the love they had been shown, not just by those closest to them, but from many of their fans, too. The Travoltas said it was an outpouring of love which helped them through the darkest of times. In a statement on their website, they said, It's a beautiful reminder of the inherent goodness of the human spirit that gives us hope for a brighter future. Their lives would never be quite the same again, but the couple decided to move forward with their lives, and on November 23, 2010, in Florida, the family welcomed a healthy baby boy weighing in at 8 pounds, 3 ounces, who was named Benjamin. I cannot believe we just went through that again. (laughs) We just went through the pregnancy. Marriage secrets. To celebrate 25... When do I give up? Like, do I just keep reading? Like, like, is this just... I, I want to know how it ends. I kind of want to finish it, but also I'm like, is this going to be a two, three hour long... E- We're going to do a two-parter? <laughs> I have to cut this episode in half? This is so stupid. I was going to go somewhere tonight. <laughs> now I guess I'm not. <laughs> to celebrate 25 years of marriage takes hard work and dedication and also why is there so much opinion in this it's so bad and john and kelly opened up to closer weekly about what they did to keep things on track the underlying thought is that they care deeply for one another and have a genuine loving bond 
They also told the magazine that they want to have an instinct to want to protect each other. Most married couples will also tell you to try and keep things fresh, have new experiences together so you can continue to grow as a couple and move together through the different phases of life. Kelly agreed with all these things and added that it's important to make time for each other. Keep doing things. Just the two of you, she added. Did you need marriage advice in the middle of this? <laughs> it's also... Okay, sorry. I think Major- the writer did. Major pushover. Major pushover. It's also important to be a team when it comes to... It's more about the... When it comes to parenting and having a united front. This isn't the case in the Travolta household, as the kids know that John is a total pushover. You could say that John is a yes dad. It's something you have to do, says John, admitting to the Daily Mail that he will say yes to pretty much anything when it comes to their youngest son, Ben. Kelly added that if Ben were to ask her for ice cream at midnight, she would of course tell him it was too late and he needs to go to bed. Two minutes later, he would ask his dad and John would tell him, sure, do you want hot fudge on that? How do you get an invite to the Travolta house for a midnight ice cream? What is happening? Why did they tell that to the Daily Mail, first of all? Just for the Herald Weekly to put it in this mega article? (laughs) Ella Travolta now. Many of you in show business. No, that was Helen. This is Uh. Ella. (laughs) Many of those who are in show business would not encourage their children following in their footsteps. This is not the case in the Travolta household, as their daughter, Ella Blee? Bly? Blay? I don't know. Is well on the way to becoming an actress in her own right. Now as a young adult, she's honing her craft just as her father did. When John was asked at the 2017 SAG Awards about whether he was encouraged her acting career, he answered positively and said, yes, I want her to because she's so good at it. She's a good performer. Fathers are always their daughter's biggest fans. But in this case, he may have a point. Should we take a smoke break? (laughs) Yeah. Great, because you're not ready. The next section is called facial hair. <laughs> let's do. Let's split this into two parts. We'll do a fuck Mary kill right now. Okay. And then we will finish this up next week. Mm-hmm. Okay, so fuck Mary kill. <laughs> Being clickbaited. Mm-hmm. This is. I've never been clickbaited this hard. Yeah, I just. I keep feeling like. If he doesn't come out at the end... He better... Like, the silence he's breaking better be major. He better know where M- Mila Mishkovich is, but nobody fucking knows because nobody could get to the end. <laughs> That's what's at the end of the article? <laughs> is Shelly Miskovich? Yeah. <laughs> she wrote it? But nobody got to the end. Le- even Le- Leah, I swear to God... Just, Leah's like, no, I read it. Like, I definitely read it. <laughs> and she's like, I gave my location at the end. <laughs> okay, so getting clickbaited, Grease, and Hairspray. I'm gonna marry Grease. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna kill Hairspray, and I'm gonna fuck getting clickbaited. <laughs> I'm gonna get married to clickbait. Never bored again. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck Grease. I am killing Hairspray. Yeah. But also, Hairspray remake. Hairspray remake. He wasn't like the iconic Hairspray. Wasn't it Divine in the first one? He's not Divine. Anyways. Thanks for listening. I 
used to own that movie on DVD. The second part is available now on patreon.com slash nermer nermer. <laughs>